The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ. Here where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy of the historic church, the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, the preaching of the gospel for Advent 2013 are brought to this gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, to our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and to our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written, emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
let us pray. Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. The word of the Lord. Please join me in reading responsively Psalm 72, 1 through 7 and 18 through 19 with the antiphon. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures 
and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may righteousness flourish and peace abound until the moon is no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the earth. Now, please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, claim, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were, coming, were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees, Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Before Jesus, there was John. Before the Christ, there was the Baptist. Jesus was a disciple of John. John prepared the way for Jesus. As we listen with word and music, perhaps we can ponder the power of precursors this morning. Before Christmas, there is Advent. Before the Incarnation is the Anticipation. The Feast of Christmas comes after the penitence of Advent. The joy of birth comes after the anxiety of expectation. As we listen with word and music today, let us ponder the power of precursors. Before tradition, there is event. Before understanding, there is experience. The rolling voice of John the Baptist is the event through which we each year pass in order to come to our understanding of Christmas. The joy of the feast comes after the murky, dark water of the Jordan River and the towering ferocity of John in camel's hair, eating locusts. Before Matthew, there was Mark. Before teaching, there was preaching. Before catechesis, there was kerygma. Matthew is an interpreter of Mark. Mark is the model for Matthew. As we listen with word and music, perhaps we can ponder the power of precursors. We might want to pause a moment to greet Matthew this morning in a personal way. He will be our gospel guide for the next 51 weeks, walking alongside us as we climb the mountain of existence. He is not eating locusts and honey, nor wearing camel's hair and sandals, though his attire is both ancient and strange. His is a difficult introduction to make. The difficulty is the character of the gospel itself, a Greek gospel using Greek sources written for a predominantly Greek Gentile church at a time when the tradition had become mixed with legend and when the ethical teaching of Jesus was being reinterpreted to apply to new situations and codified into a new law. It cannot have been written by an eyewitness. It is a compendium of church tradition, artistically edited, not the personal observations of a participant. That is, in Matthew, the outline of Jesus' life is like that in Mark, Galilee, Jerusalem, country, city, small, large, a good pattern of trajectory for ministry to this very day. Matthew has added a collection of teachings called Q to Mark, but just added it to situations already known in Mark. Matthew uses 95% of Mark. He also adds some legendary material like the infancy narrative. As in Mark here, Jesus is a teacher and healer. Geography and scenery are the same. We almost wonder, are there are two sibling gospels and three synoptics, Matthew, Mark. He combines Mark's chronological and geographical outline with lots of new materials so that we have a real catechism, sometimes seen as five different sections. And Matthew has his peculiarities. He loves the number seven. He displays a lot of ecclesiastical piety. 
One has said his prose differs from that of Plato to approximately the extent that the English in a news column of a well-written daily differs from that of Shakespeare in the King James Version. Our passage this morning prepares us for worship, for the singing of God's praises, for glory to God in the highest. Is this not, Dr. Jarrett, our reason for hearing this Bach this Sunday? Few moments in musical history have made the rough places plain in the way that Bach's B minor Mass prepares the way for us this morning. And within the B minor Mass, few of those moments have a concentration of such unbridled majesty, glory, mystery, uh, and exuberance as the Gloria of the B minor Mass. A grand hymn of praise, the Gloria takes its lead from the chorus of angels as they sing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to all people. After the opening movements, Bach is at his finest in orchestration, aria to aria, chorus to chorus, and you'll find ravishing detail uh, as the flutist plays with a shimmer of strings playing with mutes, lower strings playing pizzicato. Later you hear some of Bach's boldest and quirkiest instrumentation as he writes for bass soloist accompanied by solo horn and two bassoons proclaiming uh, the majesty of the Most High, strangely with low, murky instruments altogether. And in some ways, the quonium, that movement with horns and bassoon, is that camel's hair, honey, and locust preparing the way for the final movement, cum sancto spiritu. Here, chorus and instruments work themselves into a musico-spiritual frenzy in such white-hot intensity, it seems that that soup kettle might just boil over. But Bach cools at the start of the fugue toward the middle of the movement and then begins to rebuild with the most remarkable activity from every musician gathered in the room. The energy Bach achieves is similar to a particle collision in a, creating a new cosmic reality. Well, beloved, as we hear the voice of John the Baptist whose winnowing fork is in his hand, and as this weekend we ponder the life and influence of Nelson Mandela. And as in Advent, we remember the power of precursors. Let us join together in continued worship in these weeks. You will at some point sense a nudge in your heart to join this precursors parade. Some will do so by listening on the internet, others by tuning in via radio, some by coming to 735 Commonwealth Avenue. Next Sunday with lessons and carols would be a good one to do so and to bring a friend with you. It is a privilege and weekly joy to see this community of faith gathering at 11 a.m. on Sunday. A student bagel in hand trundles up the stairs. A couple who have driven from an hour to the west find an aisle seat, then following worship have lunch and do one city thing for that week. A husband and wife, Catholic and Protestant, join us for two services, this one at 11 a.m. and then a break, and then the Catholic Mass at 12.30. A young couple with tiny tots finds the energy and discipline to bring the family for worship and, and study. An older man alone some of the week becomes a part of an empowering community. The world does not lack for wonders, but only for a sense of wonder. Sunday at 11 a.m., one way or another, is your way 
back to wonder, to hear something that is beautiful, see someone who is good, hear some word which is true. These are the seeds of spirit and wonder. From here on Sunday, you may find your way elsewhere during the week across this great university and community to audit a class on Lincoln on Monday, to hear a panel of interfaith students on Tuesday, to watch the basketball team on Wednesday, to hear a lecture on the Dead Sea Scrolls on Thursday, to attend the Shakespeare Project on Friday, to take in a concert on Saturday. Friends, your life of faith in worship can be centered at Marsh Chapel, Boston University. And for your fellowship, education, and service, you may swim through the week through the whole of the university itself. I do not know anywhere a better way to unite the pair so long disjoined knowledge and vital piety. I do not know anywhere a better way to nurture the soul and so to grow great-hearted future leaders women and men who one day themselves will become precursors of the faith. Amen.
Dearly beloved, we remember that Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire, and God gave us music that we might pray without words. Please join me in thanking Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett, the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for leading us in prayer this morning. The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew and passing that book along to your neighbor so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We do hope that you will continue your support for the Bach experience here at Marsh Chapel, and there is an envelope included in your bulletin for you to do so. We note also that following this, uh, later this afternoon uh, is our annual Blue Christmas service. There's a flyer either in your bulletin or out in the narthex if you have interest in that. We are coming to the close of the semester, and as part of our study break here at the university following the last day of classes on Wednesday, on Friday and Saturday we will be hosting a study retreat here at Marsh Chapel. See the Reverend Dr. Robin Olson for more on that. Next Friday evening here in the nave at 6 p.m. will be the 40th annual service of lessons and carols here at Marsh Chapel. We hope you will be here either on Friday evening at 6 or on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. right here again for our regular service. Again, the lessons and carols will be repeated. We invite you to meditate on Wilbur Held's setting Divinum Mysterium as the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Almighty God, your hand is open wide to satisfy the needs of every living creature. Make us always thankful for your loving providence and grant that we, remembering the account that we must one day give, be faithful stewards of your good gifts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and always. Amen. <laughs>